Welcome to the PR Moment podcast. Produced in association with the Marketeers Network. Welcome to the PMO Podcast. This week, we're chatting to Zoe Ward-Waring from Sunnyside Up and John Higginson from Higginson Strategy. And we're going to be talking about how and why their respective organisations have become a B Corp. To put the discussion into some context, in the UK, there are 1,375, I should say, B Corp organisations. I just uh, counted a moment ago. Uh, In the US, there are 2,226. uh, And globally, there are five, well, just over 5,700. So predominantly, it's a US and UK um, scheme. Um, 21 UK PR agencies, by by my reckoning, are B Corps, including... Freud's Third City, Don't Cry Wolf, Sunnyside Up, Higginson Strategy, Milk and Honey and Kindred. And on the show today, we're going to be talking about what being a B Corp is all about, uh, what the process looks like to become a B Corp. Uh, Being a B Corp is uh, all about transparency, as far as I can see. And if you're interested, you can view any organization's B Corp results on the B Corp website. Indeed, I spent some time doing this last night um, and we'll share a link to this page on the show notes. Before we start, the PMO Awards 2023 are now open for entries. Do check out the awards site, pyramidawards.com. Just to spread the word, there are lots of new categories this year and an updated entry form with added criteria. And thanks so much to our PMO podcast sponsors, the PRCA. Zoe and John, welcome to the show. Hi, Ben. Nice to see you. So come on in. Let's just put this into a little bit of context for anyone who's not aware of the B Corp scheme. Just just explain what it's all about. Well, B Corp's a um, certification scheme, essentially. Um, It's a way of showing others that you've gone through a very rigorous process uh, looking at uh, ESG, your environmental and social governance. and as an organization, you have to uh, go through a whole uh, host of questions uh, for, for lots of organizations, including us. It takes over a year to uh, do this. You're, you're uh, really looking at parts of your business. Sometimes you're looking at part of business and you think, I've, I've never really thought about that. So I actually have to go off and make sure I do this bit of work. So it's, it's a really useful thing to do. And then you've got this really high level so that you're telling other people. And as you said, Ben, there's only um there's there's only around 5000 companies around the world that have got b corp status and it's a real shorthand for us to show show other organizations we've done our homework we're talking about esg and and we've kind of put our money where our mouth is and kind of uh, uh, pr- proved it and actually other organizations can go onto the b corp website they can look at that they can look at our score they can look at where we scored our points look at where we're good look at where we uh, need to need to be stronger but it also means that we've passed a certain threshold. We've got more than 80 points. And most companies in the world would not get to that threshold. I think right. they, they put it out at about 60. Sure. We'll come on to the scoring a, a little bit later on. Um, Zoe, why do, uh, I mean, Sunnyside has obviously taken the plunge, but why do organisations like yours um, decide to become a B Corp, would you say? Um, I think it's about some of the macro issues that large that, you know, I think we all recognize not all governments um, can solve themselves. 
Um, so from our point of view, it was, you know, we're a relatively small business, but we can do our part and help with some of those, like whether it be climate change, social equity, social change for good, you know, that kind of thing. And, and we were founded on kind of being um, comms for good. So it felt important for us to kind of, I suppose, solidify, you know, kind of put your money where your mouth is. Okay, fine. Um, I, I presume your clients quite clients quite like it, do they? Uh, is that is it? Is it got? Does it? Is it something that are many of your clients see the view B Corps, or is it something that they've that they've um, found useful in in choosing agencies like yourselves? Um, I can say many of ours. Um, but not all of them. Um, we've got Ridgeview Wine Estate. They've just got their B Corp accreditation. And then we've got a number of them that seem very interested, sort of initiated some conversations with us as to, so what is it? How do I go about it? Can you help us? Um, and I think that does, you know, form part of the ESG and, and purpose um, that is, you know, definitely a, a, a new trend that we've seen over the last couple of years come through from a comms brief. I mean, John, it's interesting. It can go both ways. These things, I suppose, can't it? Do you do you look out for for B Corp organisations you'd like to work with, as as well as I suppose them being attracted to organisations being attracted to you because you're a B Corp? Yeah. Um, well, what's really nice once we got our B Corp accreditation a couple of months ago is you join a community and you actually have other people reaching out to you, and 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 obviously lots of businesses are selling to other businesses. And I'm more likely to open those emails from someone saying, I've spotted you on here. We're a, we're a you know, B, B Corp um, advisors in some way or other. And um, yeah, and then equally, I'm kind of hoping that, that uh, there are B Corps on there that will look on. There's a big list of companies. So uh, ourselves, I'm sure Sunnyside Up are on that. So that if you're a company, you, you can specifically look for a B Corp. And then again, I, I mean, things like, Christmas gifts and stuff like that that we're suddenly starting to look for for clients. I've already said, can we try and find a B Corp in this area where we're where we're doing our, our Christmas gifts and stuff? So it is it is a real community and it, and it's and it's a shorthand to say this this company is doing the right thing and they care care about the three P's, which is people, planet, and profit. Right. Um... I mean, I suppose the next thing we need to talk about is the process and how, how difficult or otherwise it is to become a, a B Corp. Uh, Zoe, first of all, is, I mean, is it a tough thing to do? Um, is it, is it uh, how, how much, how difficult was it? Did you have to change lots of things or was it more about just following quite a lengthy process? Yeah, well, half and half. Um, it's an online assessment. So anyone can go on and start to kind of self-assess. Um, and I think, you know, there were definitely some pockets, I think, like John has said, that we were like, oh, we need to take a look at that. And once you've been through the process, you get an assessment report, which we will now use for all our kind of business improvement focuses for 23 and, and beyond. So once you've got your accreditation, it's not like, you know, slam dunk, you've got it and you've got it forever. You've got to keep working at it. Yeah. Um, well, we'll, we'll come on to the reassessment in a minute, but just give us a little bit more on the, um, you know, what sort of that self-score element to it or what sort of criteria are there I mean we can't go through all the sections I've no doubt but just give us a little insight yeah there's five sections so it's governance workers community environment and customers and and some have deeper questions than others some you'll find are really quite easy to answer and I think you know if you've if you've got a really 
good solid business with operations in check etc and, and maybe if you've been through the PRCA CMS standard you, you know some of this we we all had to hand so that was some of the tick boxes were quick others not so um, and I think you know again it's like everything in life isn't it what you put in is what you get out um, and I think you know it depends what else is going on in your business as to how long it will take you to do it as well. Sure John just on the, on the process and the different sections and um, and I suppose the, the the form itself, the online form itself. Any insight into that? How difficult it was, and and how people can can try and make that that application process as smooth as possible. Yeah, well, as as, as Zoe said there, if if you're running your business well anyway, you're gonna you're gonna kind of sail through some of the some of the aspects of it. But there are other bits that for me were were quite good, knowing that, that there were things that we'd already put in place, such as we've been. Uh, planting trees to to reduce the CO2 emissions of every one of our workers for the last couple of years. We've been using a company called Ecology. They, they're, they're great. They, they plant trees in uh, mangrove for, forests and stuff. And so that's... That, that's who uh, we use. So they get a little plug for Ecology for both of us. Oh, good. All right. Yeah, yeah, right. Great, great. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's um, some of those kind of tree planting schemes have, have been criticised and they're certainly criticised if you're doing that instead of making changes but if you're still making changes at the same time i think it's a really good thing for the stuff that you can't offset you know people are going to live and breathe and and and, and travel and 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 offsetting for those uh, i think is a good thing and then another one so we get kind of points for that and then something else was was we had created a culture team which which for me was great because i didn't want the whole culture of the company to come from me as a founder i thought there was kind of undue power and influence already uh, as, as as the boss and I happily handed that over. So I've got a culture team that's made up of account execs, account managers, uh, my my account executive, and, and and they actually determine a lot of the culture of, of of the company. You know whether we you know have music in the afternoon, the social events, all those kind of things. How how that kind of budget's um, spent, and so things like that suddenly they get marked quite well because they're looking for. Uh, they're, they're looking for transparency in places, you know, how transparent am I with the money coming in and going out and stuff with everyone in the company um, and just making sure that it, it, it's just really good practice anyway. Um, you get you get a great culture from that. So, and you so get it sounds like it was actually quite a helpful process to go through just mm-hmm. from a running a better business perspective. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and, and is it what it sounds to me just hearing you talk? Um, it's one of those forms you can you can do it and there are some things you can easily sort and there are some things that you need to go and find a bit of evidence for or a form for or a seat for and there are other things that you have to go and put a a, a committee in place and, and go and sort that structure out Is, and, and you can do that can you you can sort of save it and then come back to it when you've frankly you've sorted your crap out is that is that is that fair to say yeah it's really good benchmarking because okay. it also can inform you ideas or kind of, you know, if you if you read the questions and, and kind of read what's behind the questions, I think it will definitely help uh, businesses, you know, like what John said at the beginning, be better. Um, and kind of, you know, your raison d'etre isn't just to generate monetary returns, but to add value, whether that be for, you know, stakeholders at large, um, you know, clients, employees, the community and, and the environment and social impact that your business is having, which, you know, as professional services, that's not always that easy to articulate or, or yeah. evidence. 
Sure. Um, I, I'm just going to come back to you in a moment on the on the uh, that process, John. But Zoe, just tell us again about the criteria because you just you outlined them, and I just want to um, just say those again for people so they get those clear. There are a few different sections of the of it yeah. right there. So it's governance, workers, community, environment, and customers. Um, and then as as John, I think, has articulated, some you know need more work, and you have to upload evidence um, to show what your policy is or something in practice. Um, so again, that's why, I mean, the system is really easy to navigate and use and save and come back to. So obviously if you know something important came in the business, whether that be an event, a client thing, a new biz pitch, or just, you know what, we need to put some time into something before we can go to the next stage, you can do that. So it's, um, yeah. it's really user-friendly. And there's no time, it, you don't have to complete it after a certain period once you've started your application and like that. It's all, it's that's that's okay, is it? I mean, maybe it can't yeah. go on for five years. Go on, John. Well, no, but uh, I mean, we started our application process before lockdowns and then when that those, those lockdowns happened I, I was kind of restructuring the business and dealing with all those things and I just didn't feel I had time for filling out the forms and you know you say that you just uh, you can tick boxes but actually you have to provide a lot of evidence with that so for instance they might ask questions such as how much of your revenue for the last three years has has come in from um groups that represent the, the poorest or ethnic minorities or things like that. So you're sometimes going back and having a look and saying, was this, a, is this a business that's female led? Is it a business that, you know, and you have to kind of look at those things. You don't always know when you're doing that work. We've got lots of um, NGO and charity clients. None of those can become B Corps. You have to be a corporation. You can't be a, a, a charity. Um, and so you're really breaking up where your money's coming from as well. Um, um, and did you know the answer to those questions before you did that? I mean, I, I or did, did you? Was that part part a useful part of the process? Presumably. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, some of it was. So, for instance, you know, one of our clients was um, the Girl Generation, and then that is a charity, and they've got some of their money from government. So sometimes you're looking at that and going, right, where's that original source money from, and 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 which box do I put this into? Um, so you are kind of having to go, you're having to go back looking at where, where your money's coming from. And you're also going forward looking to where your money's going out to. So all those service providers, people that, you know, we've got, we've got an external company that provides our IT and we've got an external company that provides our HR and stuff. Suddenly we're asking them questions like, have you, have you got processes in place to make sure that no one in your company uh, is, is, a, is a slave, modern slave in, in any way? And without us asking those questions, we can't tick a certain box to say, have you checked with all your suppliers that you've done this? Yeah. We, just to build on that, we actually changed our kind of supplier code of conduct so that right the way down to kind of, you know, more junior teams, when you select, whether it be a photographer or a designer, think about these things, um, not just like back in the old days where it's like get three competitive quotes. So, um, yeah, that's, you know, a real tangible thing. And I think it's really important to get the whole business behind it as well. It shouldn't just sit with kind of, you know, senior management team. Um, I think John said that he, you know, had committees. We did the same. We kind of were like, right, let's look at this. What can we do? What are your ideas? Um, and it's definitely been really important to our team, particularly, you know, a younger crowd. And just to um, go back to that, um, that that sort of chain of events from the the self score through to the assessment, John, John, just talk us through 
that in in, in fairly broad terms? What, what does that look like, the, the sort of timeline of that? Yeah, so you do your, do your assessment where you might have, I think it's about 200 odd, 200 or more questions over those different five areas and you're, and you're putting in and then you get assigned someone who then goes through every section. And if they've got any question on any bit, they will put a question behind it. Where's the evidence to prove this? So you might tick a box saying 10% of our time is actually spent on giving or pro bono work or something like this. And they then say, can you give us documentary evidence to show that 10% of your time, time of the company? And so you have to look at that. So you need to do, you know, you need to make sure you're timesheeting correctly. We know some agencies aren't doing that properly. You need to know that you're, you know, capacity planning correctly so that you can prove um, that that time has actually gone on that pro bono work that you've claimed so that you can get those kind of points there. So all these questions come through and you and you and you then send off the various bits of evidence that you can supply for them. Some of those bits of evidence, it might be an award that you won, you know, four years ago that you said, oh, here I've got this or suddenly, you know, you've got to make sure that your filing's in, in, in pretty good shape because you've been questioned on things that you're claiming on that might have been a few years ago. Right. Um, and in terms of how long does it take? I don't mean in terms of six months, a year. Do any either of you have a, a sort of idea of the number of hours that were spent as a, as a business doing your applications? Or is that just an impossible question that you don't know the answer to? In which case, that's fair enough. I'd, I'd, I'd say, if anything, it's close to 100 hours. Okay. Right. Yeah, I don't know. We, we, we did it in, in parts. It was right. uh, We started it in... 2020 we submitted in 21 uh we were only awarded it this summer but i think we got stuck in the verification queue so i think there's a lot of people during covid might have you know got to something like this good use of time for those that weren't sort of troubleshooting um and then you know once you go through verification stage you have a review call which is a bit like an audit um you know at random they'll ask you various questions having kind of given, as John said, the detailed questions of show me the evidence. And then um, off you go to certification. Happy days. Okay, so that's quite interesting. So there's self-score, assessment, verification. Is that what you just said? Go on, tell me through that, Zoe. So self-assessment, like John said. Yeah. Then you sit in the kind of evaluation, I think they call it evaluation queue. And that's when you get assigned an analyst from the B-Lab team and they look at your submission as John just uh, sort of talked everyone through and they ask evidence, and that's where you get into the kind of minutiae. Right. Uh, and then you're at verification stage. Um, and that's when you review call, I think they called it, an assessment. Right. So, so there's quite a bit of assessment along the, along the, the you know, there's a fair few hoops to jump. There's sort of assessors and assessors and assessors almost. But anyway, that's quite interesting. Yeah, and the, and, and the analyst is actually, you know, very well educated. Uh, I don't know uh, your one, Zoe, but she was really well educated, really knew her, knew, yes. knew her onions and, uh, and, you know, had a, had, had, was, was, was well trained in, in finance and various, various things. Right. Yeah, they've definitely absorbed everything by the time you get to that assessment call um, and like an audit it's that random so you don't get a heads up that we're going to look at the governance section um, you're just like what would you like to know okay um, and you mentioned it Zoe that a lot of agency PR directors will listen to this uh, podcast is the PRCA's consultancy management standard a useful starting place for, for a B Corp application or is it are they just frankly pretty different 
they are different, but I think I think John and I have both said that if you've kind of got good kind of operational standards, whether that's kind of team hour capacity planning, forecasting, and then kind of your HR systems, your finance systems, you know, kind of a well-run business, because it is literally open every cupboard um, and kind of, you know, show what's in there. It's um, kind of peel back the onion time. Right. Uh, and John, uh, it's mildly awkward question. How, how much does it cost uh, to become a B Corp? It's, it's different according to your size. And I think uh, due to our size, we're at around the one and a half million a year uh, range. So I think we're paying about £1,500. Okay. So for, it's not a huge amount of money for a business of uh, of your size. but and, it, and as you suggest, it goes up in tiers depending on, I think, Nespresso. Uh, you know, there's presumably bigger organisations. And I guess the audit element of those businesses are much more difficult. So it's a bit more, a bit more um, to, for them to apply. Sure. Yeah, I think I think certainly for the for the amount of work that that they put in uh, in, in in that process, I think it's I think it's um, it's priced in order to not have people not try and do it just a base base based on the price. You know, they oh. want they want good businesses to come to them and not to feel like this is this is going to be an extra financial burden on us as a business. Right, and and I know you two both fairly recently become B Corps. But it's reassessed every two years. Is that right? And is that is that that's presumably do you have literally have to do everything again? Or is it as a link changed? Or have you are we yet to find that out? Yeah, yet to find that out. But as I understand it, that the assessment report that you get, so the scoring you get per section is a really bloody good way to keep improving, because the idea is that you get the certification and then you look at kind of your gaps um, and kind of obviously I think we'd all be you know, silly not to say that you're going to strive to improve year on year or every three years as the uh, certification kind of comes around again. Right. And I suppose final question, would both of you do it again? John, would, you, would you, I think I know the, the way this is going to go, but have you found it a beneficial process and one that you'd, you'd recommend to others? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're also, we aim ourselves at purpose-led businesses and it's a great shorthand. It just tells other people, these guys have, are, are, are doing what they say on, say on the tin. And for us, it was so important that we actually did that because we're out there saying that we're doing good and we want to do good. We want to work with organizations that do good. And this is a kind of stamp of approval on that. And I, and I, I like the fact that it's a very rigorous process and it's hard to do because I think if it wasn't hard to do, um, there would be potential criticism of it and there'd be companies that would um, be trying to get that great stamp without actually doing the good work that they need to. Brilliant. And Zoe, same question to you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, really, really good um, process. And the reaction we've got from the markets, um, you know, when we put our announcements out there and it was at a busy time when um, a quite a fair few of us in the industry were were getting the accolades. Um, and I think, you know, in terms of client response, uh, new biz prospects, our team, for sure, internally, you know, we had a big whoop whoop about it. And it's been important to them. And I think hopefully it'll be important both retaining them, but attracting new talent and new stakeholders, whatever shape or form they come, whether that be kind of, you know, clients um, or, or maybe future, you know, partners, investors, that kind of thing. Great. 
Yeah, that's a good point. I bet it does. It does help on the investment side of things, doesn't it? Because it's it shows that you've you, you're, you're running your business in a serious way. Um, Zoe Ward Waring from Sunny Side Up and John Higginson from Higginson Strategy. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Ben. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the PR Moment podcast produced in association with the marketeers network if you'd enjoyed the show please do review us on itunes and give us a decent rating